Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome on into a Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. The only podcast gets you Bronx bombed on a Thursday afternoon. Good to be back after the holiday, after the break. The New York Yankees, three games into a four-game set with the Baltimore Orioles. They play the Cubs before the All-Star break. That's fun, too. And then we get almost a full week off of baseball, four days. Uh, so, a, a, a like, a work week off of baseball, not, like, a week off. They stop for a little bit. They chill out. It's nice to be getting to the finish line here. Definitely happier approaching the finish line before yesterday's game when it kind of felt like the Yankees were going to maybe take three out of four in this O's series. They took the first two. All you got to do is take one of the next two, and I'll get you three. Now it kind of doesn't feel like they're doing that. Luis Severino on the mound tonight after the Yankees lost yesterday's game. Kind of just a middle of the bullpen meltdown thing. Randy Vasquez could only get you so far. But still, the first two games of this set, Harrison Bader leads the Yankees to victory in the first one. A memorable, memorable win. The second one on July 4th, take a 3-0 lead, blow it, eventually pull away. Trevino opposite field homer. And Bader again with the bases loaded double. And we now know he hit that. With a sore wrist. So, pretty cool. Good job by him. Still feels like a split's incoming, but this might have changed the team's outlook just a little bit heading into what we hope will be Carlos Rodon's Yankees debut tomorrow. Anthony Volpe earns his own bullet point. We're going to talk about him and the chicken parm resurgence that is for real. The Yankees All-Stars, they have sent two players to the game. It doesn't appear that is changing unless several AL players Get maimed right at the horn, which could happen. You never know. Maybe a bunch of guys fall in a wheat thresher at the home run derby and they have to make a mass exodus, put Clay Holmes on there. But it seems like we're probably set. What does that say about the way this season has played out? Plus, the Yankees lost a bullpen arm yesterday. Jimmy Cordero suspended for the rest of the season under the domestic violence policy. We don't know the details. We probably never will. But I think we're pretty unilaterally decided on. Get him out of here, folks. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcast, Spotify. Uh, we will uh, be live on YouTube streaming Mondays and Thursdays, two o'clock Eastern. Typically, this is uh, you know no show on the holiday Monday, but we're right back at you on the Thursday. We'll be back regular scheduled next week before the home run derby, talking uh, the final series of the first half and getting you set for the second half. Thomas Carinade, welcome to the show. You've got a promo for the DraftKings. Uh, not users, the people who are curious, the people who are DraftKings curious. Go ahead and listen to this. Or the active users who want to get their significant others, friends, you know. Yeah. It's all, it's all sign up, sign up with a burner, sign up with a burner. I mean, yeah. do, do whatever you're going to do. Come on, Yankees fans. No haters tune in today, right? It's not one of those pods. Are, so why why, why would the hate? Are the haters really like absolutely dancing on our grave because Nick Ramirez hung a slider to Cole Bowser? Yeah. Probably not. But if they're here, welcome. Yeah, welcome. Uh, have you signed up for DraftKings yet? 
or have one of your friends not signed up for DraftKings yet. If you're a new user, you can receive $150 in bonus bets instantly after following just three easy steps. You go to DraftKings.com or download the app. You create an account. You deposit some money, and then you wager $5 or more on any sport. Whether your first wager wins or loses, you will receive $150 in bonus bets. All you have to do is use the code YANKSGOYARD when you sign up. Helps support the pod. Helps you have fun. Makes us feel good. The trifecta. The offer is available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for full terms of the offer if you're that interested. But it's as simple as that. Um, and yeah, last night, man, it was just as simple as holding on to a 2-0 lead to take to win the series. Would have felt really good today. Now you have Luis Severino taking the mound tonight. I don't like it. I really don't. But yeah, probably a split. We'll have to live with it. Can't argue with those first two victories, though. Those were the definition of good vibes wins. Well, I mean, let's talk about the Bader piece first. Uh, I guess the wrist is sore, and I guess if he doesn't play tonight, then you get a chance to really be angry. It's, you know, the, how precautionary is the precautionary Yankees injury time off? Is it really precautionary? Like, is it truly just like, eh, he could play, but he won't. He'll play tomorrow. They've already talked a lot about giving Bader extra time, so it wasn't that weird that he didn't play yesterday. If he doesn't play today, then you get to be like, give me a fucking break, right? Uh, so, I mean, Billy McKinney, right? Hey, here's, it doesn't, I don't think I'm like a genius. I don't think I'm like some absolute genius. I don't think I'm like a Yankees detective. It's just not that hard. So Billy McKinney comes in late in the second game of Saturday's doubleheader, fouls the ball off his foot. He's hopping around, shaking it out. A couple close-ups where he's doing the like, Ugh face like very clearly in pain doesn't do anything in that at bat plays the field i don't think gets a chance in the bottom of the ninth yankees win that game but that happens and i'm like he hurt his foot pretty badly like did he blow it up like matt carpenter is he just hurt i don't know but he's very clearly injured doesn't play sunday nobody mentions it doesn't play monday nobody mentions it doesn't play tuesday nobody mentions it and then yesterday boone is finally like mckinney's kind of an emergency option off the bench like you don't want to use him. He banged his foot up a little bit on Saturday. On Saturday. It was like four days. Never heard that before. Never heard it. And I watched the game and you're like, yeah, I think he's hurt. And he was. Yeah, we were. I was right. Wasn't that hard? Bader, it's like, gets hit on the wrist, plays the rest of that game, doesn't play yesterday. But because he's Harrison Bader, not Billy McKinney, who was like their best player a couple days ago. You know, I guess they have to mention it if it's Bader. They don't have to mention it if it's McKinney. Very interesting. But, uh, Harrison Bader probably we've gone through all of the, you know, the parameters of the Harrison Bader extension, right? We've gone through, they've got to extend him. Heyman wrote that column in spring training and we all kind of agreed like, yeah, that's kind of a no shit. I think they have to extend him. Then he gets hurt in spring training. Then you get the backlash to the, you got to extend him article. Like, Oh, you guys want to do, you guys probably want to extend Aaron Hicks too. That was seven full years. This is probably going to be like three or four. But even so, you had to fight the backlash off. It's hard to argue with the backlash because, again, he's out. So it's really hard to get on your high horse and be like, we absolutely have to extend the injured guy. But then he comes back, and entering the weekend, they were, God, what are they now, 27 and 12 when he plays this year and 21 and 27 when he doesn't. And a lot of that heavy lifting has been without judge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, obviously Aaron Judge is this team's best player. 
So, you know, I'm not here arguing that Harrison Bader is the most important player on the team and the key cog and, and judge is a nice to have and Bader is a must have, but Bader does a pretty good job of his own uh, on his own accord, turning this team's fortunes around when Aaron judge, whether he's available or not available. He is the Yankees have one outfielder right now. It's Harrison Bader. The Yankees have and Billy McKinney's an outfielder too. I guess, but Jake Bauer's not an outfielder. Isaiah Kinder-Falefa, nice guy, not an outfielder. Giancarlo Stanton, something between an outfielder and a DH, and he kind of has to play outfield because he doesn't hit if he plays DH, but he's still probably not an outfielder. You need Harrison Bader on this team, and you need yeah. one piece like that. In addition to Aaron Judge, locked up long-term, you can't enter next season with, yeah, we'll give it to the prospects, or we don't need a third outfielder, or a second outfielder, for that matter. We'll re-sign Kinder-Falefa to a one-year deal. We'll play him out there. You need that security. Harrison Bader and uh, that that three run home run in the first game of the series was an ultimate ultimate moment and I'm glad they made it count by winning the next one too because you can't go down and split the series one one and then maybe be able to salvage it It, hopefully they win this series but if they don't the secure to split it's not the worst thing in the world they're treading water during judges absence they're doing so thanks to Harrison Bader who um I don't know if you somebody. I saw somebody say, "Would you give uh, Harrison Bader the Andrew Benintendi deal?" Um, probably not. But he's also, not he's not getting that, so I don't think you have to think about that. Like, mm-hmm. is he really getting more than four years of security? And is he really going to who is who is going to want Harrison Bader more than the New York Yankees want Bronxville native Yankee fan team yeah. changer Harrison Bader? Well, what's the counter argument here? People making up fake contracts and then saying, "I wouldn't pay him all that money." Why would you pay him all that money? And it's like, first or, of all. The NBA thing of like, I want him at five for 44, but five for 46, eh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, well, then what the fuck are you talking about? Obviously, you like the player, right? So yeah. pay him more the owner's money. Exactly. Well, th- well, there's that. That's always the inherent argument. It's like people talking about money like it's theirs, and it's like it's not yours. It's the Yankees' corporate money. And uh, when push comes to shove, they're going to figure out they need to spend more if they want to keep a championship-caliber roster around Aaron Judge. And that's the reality they have to live with. In terms of Bader, um, I love the guy. I've always endorsed extending him. That being said, I don't know what leverage he has. I don't know what these other people online are thinking that he's he's going to get. The man has only played in his career high in games played is 138 back in 2018. Um, he's very clearly a difference maker when he's on the field. However, a lot of what goes on today in those negotiating rooms is the counting stats and the value. And Harrison Bader simply does not have a long enough track record um, and has not made a large enough impact throughout his seven years in baseball to warrant a deal of, for example, Andrew Benintendi's size. Andrew Benintendi was World Series champion. He was a you know a premier power hitter, base stealer, what have you, defender. Um, Harrison Bader has proven to be that in spurts has not maintained any semblance of consistency came over to the Yankees at last year's trade deadline has only played in 53 games so far. I don't know what the, I don't know what the argument is here for not wanting to resign him unless it would be a ridiculous numbers. And the fact of the matter is, is that the Yankees do need to keep some sort of semblance of team chemistry here just because they've imploded it for how many years in a row now with either off-season moves or trade deadline moves. And I think whether or not Bader's on the field, at the price point you're getting him at, he's making an impact. He's making an impact when he's playing. He's making an impact in the clubhouse. Um, he's a great guy uh, to give post-game, pre-game interviews. 
to me, that's kind of the vibe I want on the team. Um, it's kind of like the Stanton argument too. It's like, sure. Like the, the, you made your bed, you acquired John Carlos Stanton, you paid all that money. And like, here's what you're going to, here's what you're living with. This is what it is. When he's on fire, it's amazing. When he's bad, it's awful. When he's injured, he's not on the field. So that's why the argument is like the Yankees should just keep playing John Carlos Stanton in the outfield because they get the best value for John Carlos Stanton when he's playing the field and when he's hitting well. And that those two factors going together make the best of it. So I think the Yankees, it's a win-win here. They don't even have to worry about whether Bader is you know injured or not. If he's in that dugout, He's providing some sort of a spark, some sort of you know positive energy that this team has lacked for so long, um, and there's no argument to not re- to not keeping him in some capacity because the deal isn't going to be a, the deal isn't going to be anything prohibitive, and the Yankees don't have outfielders right now, and at the very least, he signed to a three four year deal. You're not that that is not anything that you're you're going to be um, you know beholden to from uh, from um, a financial standpoint that you know where it becomes prohibitive like a Hicks situation. Um, and he'll help be able to mentor all the other younger outfielders coming up the pipeline over the next few years. So I don't know why anybody would argue against this. Yes, it's discouraging that he's failed to find consistency with his health, but that's been, again, been the story for his career. I wouldn't overpay for unhealthy guys, but I'd pay the right price for guys who bring a little bit of everything and who also struggle a bit with injuries. It's just the reality of the game, especially if you're a Yankee. Yeah, the problem with Aaron Hicks is he just never went away. And and yeah. by the way, we don't have to be booing the Aaron Hicks tribute video, by the way. We just don't have to be. It's funny. Um, I'm done. I think I'm done. Uh, too many people last time I was like, hey, don't boo Aaron Hicks at opening day's introductions. They were like, don't tell me what to do. Well, tell like, me what I'm, telling, I'm not telling you what to do. You can do whatever you want. You just be a normal guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe don't boo the tribute video. <laughs> um, I, I understand the, the impetus. You don't like Aaron Hicks? I get it. But, you know, that's. It's not a fantastic look for you. Again, you can do whatever you want. I never met you. Probably not. maybe never will. Maybe I will. We're talking about having events in the city later this year or next year. Mm. Hopefully I'll meet you. But if if I do meet you and you're like, hey, just so you know, big fan, uh, but I booed Aaron Hicks during the tribute video, I'd be like, okay, great, move along. Or if you're like, <laughs> hey, not a big fan, don't like you, and I booed Aaron Hicks during the tribute video, I'll be like, hey, nice to meet you. Why are you here? But it is nice to meet you. Um yeah, Bader's a, a perfect fit. And and the thing about being the Yankees, the best part about being the Yankees, is you can make these sort of mid-level signings. And then if the literal worst-case scenario happens where, like, you sign Bader for four years and two years later he's, like, a bench player, like, all cool. right, you can pay that much money for a bench player. DJ LeMay, you could pay that much money for a roving utility infielder if, if a nightmare happens and he's just not viable anymore. It seems like, I don't know what's happening to him, but it seems like, Something is wrong here. Uh, I mean, if that's the case, you can weather that storm and he's on your bench now. That's kind of a bummer. But Aaron Hicks was just there for so long. that it was like, do you want Aaron Hicks to be your fifth outfielder when he doesn't want to be here and is moody and is refusing to play and is here through 2026? Like, how much longer do you want to deal with this? And apparently uh, the breaking point was earlier this season. The Bader home run in the first game of the series was the first one of the first moments this year where a win actually felt good instead of just like an exhale. Yeah. It was a genuine exaltation. It wasn't just like, oh, they took care of business. Thank God. They were up 8-3 in the eighth, and they won 8-7. Phew. Okay, great. Like, we're not at 2021 level, but there were definitely times this season where it just kind of felt like we're going through the motions, and sometimes you win, most of the time you lose. That, that Bader moment was genuinely great, and the judge part of it was great, too. It reminds you of the value that Aaron Judge has, where I don't know how much of this was – a tip he picked up and how much of this was faking out the pitcher, but Bader bunts mm. on the first pitch of the at bat with first and second, nobody out. 
then the pitcher steps off and doesn't deliver a pitch and Bader <laughs> squares around a bunt again. And at that point, you're kind of like, well, that's fake, right? That's that's mind games. That's a trick. He, he, he wanted you to know he was bunting. He was so desperate for you to know that, that he bunted on not a pitch. He was like, this isn't a pitch. I'm going to bunt anyway. Third pitch of the at-bat, looping, terrible, get-me-over slider curveball, and he deposits it into the outfield and goes to judge in the dugout and says, you gave me that tip. Like, what was the tip? The bunting thing? This pitcher, Danny Coulomb, can be thrown off? Or judge saw something from the dugout? Judge knows he goes to the get me over after, you know, the first pitch. Who knows? But either way, he just was able to ambush one and thanked somebody again. Uh, why do we have coaches? This is Aaron Judge is now coaching Harrison Bader, Anthony Volpe getting coached by Austin Wells. Uh, it seems like everyone on the team, all the players are maybe smarter than the people who are pushing the buttons and moving people around. But Still got to love that moment, especially with Judges 2023. So uncertain. Not loving all the stories that are like the Yankees are convinced he'll play this year. He he better play this year. We got three more months. He, he better play this year. I don't know. Uh, I, I really don't know. It's it's certainly not encouraging. Um, what was he on? Good Morning America? What the fuck was that? He's on the Today Show doing the week. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about, he said he should be back soonish. I don't know what that means. They said surgery was an option. Somebody mentioned surgery He's was an definitely, option. Definitely. I would say I'm going on record. I don't know. But he said surgery, not an option during the season, but we'll see where we are after the season. I'm going to go ahead and say he's getting surgery this offseason. I'm also going to yeah. say that I want him to because I'm sick of this. And I yeah. definitely don't want, I didn't like the DJ LeMahieu approach of maybe surgery. Eh, we didn't do surgery. It's actually good that we didn't do surgery. Oh, no way. He still can't hit. So yeah. let's maybe give him a surgery after the season is over and fix this. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to pinpoint, obviously. I mean, it's standard stuff for the Yankees. It's an impossible injury situation where you can't detect exactly what's wrong. You're trying to figure out how to weigh the pros and cons. Is it worth it for Judge to miss this entire season? He wanted to scare up for 2024. If Judge misses this season, well, I'll talk about it at length over the next couple of weeks. You should sell as many pieces as you can this year. Sure. And I think the Yankees might be smart to, if they're talking with these doctors, if the doctors are leaning towards surgery, I think you have Judge get surgery. You have him miss this season. And then you start selling as much as you can to gear up for next year. Because at that point, the season's lost if Judge doesn't come back and that's not a knock on the rest of this team. Um, I mean, maybe it is, sure. But people aren't performing. Um, you are Nine games over 500. It's a good place to be. Um, as don't I don't said, say that. Don't say that. TikTok, yeah, don't say that. TikTok will roast you. Don't yeah. say that. Got roasted on TikTok by a Red Sox fan who tried to. He said the only reason we're nine games other under over five hundred is because Aaron Judge has been healthy all year and because our pitching is really good. Okay, so what makes teams good that allow them to get over nine games over five hundred? You just take away those their two best factors and they shouldn't be nine games over five hundred. Is that how we're? analyzing baseball now he was saying like our pitching is good and that's great but what happens when you get to the playoffs i don't know our pitching sounds like it'll probably be good yeah so how about that i i, I yeah well sure um yeah he was, doing, I would the, rather... he was doing the tiktok guy voice he was doing our favorite thing the the carabas clone whoever that guy the toronto guy is there's like 50 of them out there they all sound the exact same there are two tiktok guy voices there's uh, the really, really fast, like just gentle narration under a video of your weekend 
Like, I spent a weekend in the bleachers at Wrigley Field. Let me show you what I did. I ate a hot dog. It was two fifty. Put ketchup on it. At the end of the day, it was actually kind of delicious. Then I walked over to the barrel and like picked up some baseballs. You can actually get a pretty good deal on hats if you go to the, like just a guy doing three minutes of audio in one minute telling you about everything he did. And then there's the Carabas clone guy who it just has six phrases. It's like the Toy Story Woody doll where you pull the string and he says, you hate to see it or something. There's a Canadian one that's all over the place because he did something about Alec Manoa calling Garrett Cole a cheater that was going viral, where he's like, Alec Manoa said the most fire thing ever to put Garrett Cole in a body bag. He said that he was the biggest cheater in baseball, and that is my ace. That is a king right there, and that is an absolute legend and is something that we absolutely love to see. And I think every fan base, there's at least one one or two of these. Like, did you catch my guy being an absolute stud on the mound? If not, he was a beast, and you hate to see him put you in so many body bags. And this was some Boston guy sitting on his couch being like, you think the Yankees are in a good place because they're over 500? You lose every year once we put you in body bags. And again, the offense will be its own body bag. So I don't think we really need to give that guy life, but we did anyway. I just I want to talk about the TikTok people because either you're a fast-talking narrator guy or you're Jared Carabas. And there's, <laughs> there's two people. And there's got to be a third kind of guy. I, I'm done with these two guys. Yeah, give me, give us a third. Give us some variation here. Um, what do we want next? We want to talk Volpe. <laughs> Let's talk Volpe. It's fun. Why not? Um, yeah. yeah, no. Obviously, if Aaron Judge needs surgery, you should obviously. Oh yeah, Aaron Judge. Yeah, if he needs surgery, you shut it down. You start selling. You start selling everything. It doesn't matter what you can get if you got to attach prospects to people. Whether it's Donaldson, whether it's Lemayhu, whether it's Severino, um, whatever. Sell as much of the bullpen as you can. Um, I went a little bit crazy and suggested selling arguably the most important bullpen piece just because there's only one or two years left to control and the costs are going to get the costs are going to continue to escalate and the Yankees find bullpen pieces like it's nothing. So why not just get as much value as you can Um, with how depressed this trade deadline seems like it's going to be with a lack of sellers, any seller that pops in at the last minute with multiple assets is going to come out on top in a gigantic way. You've seen how this happens in previous years. Relievers who have a career fucking 4.2 ERA. Now all of a sudden they have a 2.10 in their last, you know, 35 games. Teams are willing to give a top 10 prospect for that. Great. Take it. If teams are willing to eat some salary because they need help in the rotation or they need help um, on the bench, sell whatever you got. I, I don't know. If you're the Yankees and you're looking at this roster and you don't see anybody that you value on this team beyond 2024, get rid of them. Because the whole goal right here is to build this roster around Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole and Carlos Rodon as best you can. And if that's not how you're viewing this through that lens, then you're building the roster wrong. And so I guess it's hard to trust the Yankees because the the last few rosters have kind of been built incorrectly and – that's kind of uh, that's a lot of the frustrations that the fans have at this moment. But I think without question, if there's any way this team is leaning towards Aaron Judge surgery just to avoid all this nonsense, why why are you going to have him come back in a month to not be 100 percent and then limp towards the finish line, then need offseason surgery, then lose offseason workouts, you know, then not be a thousand percent to start the 2024 season. Just rip off the Band-Aid, do it and then start start rolling at the deadline, retool, do whatever you got to do. 
Um, Because at that point, season's over without Judge. We're willing to admit that. Any average fan's willing to admit that. Um, The Yankees need to admit that to themselves. Wow, you just put the Yankees in an absolute body bag by talking about King Aaron Judge and putting a (laughs) chokehold on yourself in discussing that King, our absolute leader and captain, you hate to see it. Um, I mean, the roster, don't fool yourself. These wins are great. These wins are great, right? This is still somehow... One of the top five, six teams in the American League. I'm not sure how, but they they have a poorly constructed roster. Same record as the Astros, same record as the Dodgers. Everyone Mm -hmm. loves those teams. Everybody loves those teams. They tell me every year how great these teams are, and I agree. Those teams are great. They are one game behind the Astros, and they are a half a game up on the Dodgers. Yeah, but but the Dodgers are a half a game up on them. They didn't have enough lefties yesterday. The, the, the Orioles started Dean Kramer in the third yeah. game of the series. He, he is Clark Schmidt. Like, he uh, righties hit 258 against him with a 304 OBP, 736 OPS. Lefties, 307, 540 slugging, 901 OPS. Righties, basically league average against him, a 102 OPS plus. Lefties, 141. So, the Yankees played a bunch of struggling righties last night. Did hit a little below league average. They piled up singles, but they didn't score. Scored two runs. He struck out 10 in seven innings. They had enough lefties to plop in there. Billy McKinney, if he could play, that would have been great. Um, be cool. He couldn't. He showed up late, got on base, top of the lineup, and continues to do absolutely nothing. Rizzo, LeMahieu, Torres. Somebody. Somebody, anybody. But they didn't have enough guys to play the matchup advantage. They lost a game. They probably shouldn't have lost. Sometimes baseball is not that easy. It's not just simple math like, oh, this guy struggles against lefties. Let me put some lefties in there. And it's not always that simple, but you got to at least try. And the Yankees don't have a roster right now where they can try. They don't have enough lefties to put in there. What, what, do, you, what do you want them to do? Um, and that's that falls on the GM shoulders and, and the current roster shoulders. Anthony Volpe, though, very good. Um, yeah. We were at the point where we were like, not only we didn't want to demote him, it felt oh. gross, it felt strange. We were at the point definitely where we were like, look, we don't even want to demote him. You probably have to. Like, yeah. I have no interest in doing this. I don't know what he's going to learn at AAA. Just get him out of here. Get him out of the spotlight. Stop putting him up in the ninth inning of one-run games against the Red Sox, which happened in every single game against the Red Sox during that one-week period. And it's not like it happened instantaneously because the chicken parm thing, it, you know, it, it took him a couple more days to get used to. It wasn't like he changed his stance. He was immediately electric because he did the rest of that Mets series. He got a couple hits in the first game with the new stance. One of them was a double in the gap that the outfielder lost and it dropped. It was still nice. It was nice to see adjustments being made. But he went to Fenway, didn't make a discernible difference in that Fenway series where they lose two close games where they can't hit and get whipped in the Domingo Herman start on Friday, but the overall body of work, it's now, uh, it's real. It's a real change has been made. Not just a hitting streak, but a multi-hit game streak that just got broken uh, the other day, second game against Baltimore, and he went over with two strikeouts. Shame, very shameful. But his last 15 games, that's 48 ABs. He is 19 for 48 with three homers, four RBI, five walks. Uh, at 396 average, 453 OBP, 667 slugging. It's no longer the strikeouts. You know, he struck out 12 times in 48 at-bats there, but he's down in the low 20s percentage-wise from the mid-30s. It's not just empty calories against the A's and Cardinals. Uh, He's doing it to the O's. He's doing it to everybody who's been on the schedule since that Fenway series, basically. And he is spraying the ball to all fields. 
now. It's not like he is giving up on the homer. Again, we said he's got three in his last 15 games and two in his last week of baseball. So it's not one or the other. It's not he can spray line drive singles or he can sell out for the home run. But he definitely was selling out for the home run before. Now he's raising his hard hit rates. He is doing everything you could have possibly wanted to see out of Anthony Volpe's rookie season. The average fell into the mid 180s. Now it's a 223. Um, average exit velo in the top 50 percentiles, 57th hard hit, 70th percentile. Barrel percentage, 57th percentile. All of those were from the low, 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 low blues. Uh, Anthony Volpe might just be a baseball player. 2.2 war. War is that's it's a half a season of work, pretty much. He's played in a he leads the American League in games played with 87, which I think is awesome. Um, so you're seeing already right off the bat that he's durable. Um, I think the defense has actually improved too. I think the instincts that we saw some shaky um behavior on the defensive end, uh, towards like you know, he got he got off to that good start in April and then May in the beginning of in the first couple weeks of June, you're like, what's happening here? Um, but yeah, up to 223, 697 OPS, 92 OPS plus. These aren't any these numbers aren't anything. Again, if rival fans look at this and they say this is your guy, you're like, okay, sure. Like I understand. But he's got 12 home runs, which is more than a lot of established major leaguers at this point. He's his average was 186, what, three weeks ago? Yeah. Um it's a considerable improvement it's obvious that he's working tirelessly to make sure that he needs to get back on track because he knows how important he is to this team. And I think that we've actually seen that there's been a direct correlation with Anthony Volpe's improved play and the Yankees ability to win games while Aaron judge has been out. Aaron judge has now been out for a month's time. The Yankees have managed to stay exactly where they were um, before he went down. So Again, a decent place to be, missing your best player, um, missing a good portion of the pitching staff. Reinforcements are coming. Carlos Rodon tomorrow. We'll talk about that in a bit. But, yeah, I'm loving what I'm seeing from Volpe. I'm glad that it's translating for him because that for that stretch right there would have been demoralizing for so many other younger players who were trying to make an impression, especially in a market like New York, um, where the spotlight's on you if you're a shortstop now from this point forward because of Derek Jeter's existence. And I just love the, I love his approach at the plate. He, I feel, I said it last episode. I feel like he's being selective when he needs to be, and he's being aggressive when he needs to be. And previously there was, it it was flipped. Um, He was, he was being, he was being selective when he needed to be aggressive and he was being uh, aggressive when he needed to be selective. So the, the, the comfortability is my main thing. He looks a lot more comfortable in the box um, that home run off Cano last night, first home run he's given up all year. Yep. Volpe went the other way with it. I don't care if the short porch is there or not. It's a fucking blast. Um, and it put the Yankees right back in the game. So clearly he's there. He knows he's got to pick up his team. Um, he he knows at this point that there is a depreciated offense and he needs to bring his lumber into the batter, batter's box every time he's called upon. And I think that that's been probably the most impressive aspect of all of this is not only as he turned it around but he's kind of put a load on his shoulders that he wasn't asked to put there um and that's that's i think uh that goes in line with all the offseason stuff we've heard about him right there was a lot of fluff pieces and people you know rightfully got aggravated it's like oh what is this guy fucking 
one of the 12 disciples. He's we passed on Carlos Correa for this. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> um, so I think everything's kind of in line with every, with how everybody viewed him in the off season. A lot of people talked to him, you know, but baseball writers, um, ex major leaguers, hall of famers, Yankees legends, what have you, everybody had good things to say about him, positive glowing reviews. And now you're seeing that, um, he's kind of, he, he's holding up that end of the bargain after the struggles that, that he had. And now really carrying playing a role in carrying the team without its best player. Among qualified shortstops since June 15th. This is from NY Evil Empire on Twitter, which I guess is still a website. Sure. Uh, hitting 351, second best. OBP 422. That's the best amongst qualified shortstops yeah. since June 15th. Slugging, he's fourth. Woba, first. WRC plus second. F4, second. 0.9 F4. Uh, we're talking about he's like 2.2. Um, almost half of that has been from June 15th to present. Uh, so pretty impressive. And don't let it get lost in the shuffle. We got something going up on this in the coming days. Austin Wells, since that chicken parm dinner, when he turned Anthony Volpe's season around with the tip that Dylan Lawson was too scared to implement, <laughs> Wells himself has hit three homers, knocked in 19, and has an 827 OPS. The OPS is 850 on the year at AA, 55 games there last year, 48 games there this year. I'm not saying he should be up on the big league club this year. I'm just saying that maybe we're getting to the the same point we were with Volpe last year where we said, okay, why don't you do the AAA now? Why don't you do the AAA in August and September? Maybe we can even get him started in July so that next year you think about a hot spring putting him on the big league roster. Earlier this offseason, I talked about, hey, maybe he should, you know, Start the year in left field. Why not? We need a lefty. We need a bat. Turns out that would have been a bad idea because yeah. we're running we're running non-outfielders out there every day, and it sucks. So maybe uh, good that I didn't you know suggest that too loudly. But yeah, because the front I'm, office would have heard you, and they would have done it. They would have done it. A <laughs> catcher in left field, don't you say? That would have been the only article of ours they ever read. It, been like, <laughs> it makes no real sense. Great, got it. Let's do that. Um, but now they need a catcher. Right, they didn't totally need a catcher in spring training, and and Jose Trevino, God bless him, maybe not a starter. Kyle Gashioka, always a backup. Um, at some point, Kyle Gashioka will move on, um, unless yeah. he's on the Aaron Hicks extension. Yeah, he's here forever. He he's got one more year, so twenty twenty. I, I don't think they're going to re-sign a thirty-four-year-old Kyle Gashioka after twenty twenty-four. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think Ben Rortvet has much of a future here. Uh, I don't know. But Austin Wells could easily be the catcher of the future. And he, could, he could be it next year. Yeah. Uh, that would be cool. I've liked Austin Wells for a while. I feel like he's another guy who's pulling his weight at every level. I, I don't know if we've seen any extended like slumps or anything from him. I know he started this year with the rib injury, um, and that definitely affected his timeline. Correct me if I'm wrong. If he had two – Fucking monster months at the start of this year at Double A. He's probably a Triple A by now, and then he's that much closer to a promotion, maybe at the deadline, and that shifts the Yankees' plans at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Oh, one more thing to clarify on Volpe. We wrote what, what? When did we run that article? Four off-season decisions the Yankees are paying for right now. Um, it's like four days ago. Yeah, that was written when Volpe was not doing well. Just so you guys know, and the clarification there was that. They needed to live with the fact that if they brought him up, he better have been ready. And if he wasn't ready, they better have the supporting, you know, support system on the coaching staff to help him out, which they have not done. Um, so yeah, thank 
thank God for Austin Wells. We should. I'll update the article and I'll throw uh, a shout out to him in there because if not for him, the Yankees will pro- probably still paying for that decision. Um, with the reality of them knowing that demoting him would be a terrible look all around and would also hinder his development. Yes, correct. It's good. It's good that he's good though. Now that, yeah, that's nice. Cool. Um, it's going to be permanent. Kind of seems permanent. Um, it seems that way. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, most comparable hitter to him for Statcast is 2023 Brandon Marsh, who's been great. His OPSing 803. Brandon Marsh is. So if that's the guy that Statcast believes below the hood, Volpe is most similar to. Sick. I approve of that. Um, and if you feel like Anthony Volpe is just going to be back for the second half, he's going to hit 20 homers this year, finally fulfill that destiny. Might be time to sign up for DraftKings. If you are a new user, you can receive $150 in bonus bets instantly after following just three steps. One, create an account. Two, deposit. And then wager $5 or more on any sport. Whether your first wager wins or loses, you will still receive the $150 in bonus bets all you have to do is use the code YANKSGOYARD when you sign up. If you're watching along with us, it's right there on the screen. If you're listening, it's also great because I said it out loud. So you could just have heard it instead of looking at it. That code is YANKSGOYARD. This offer is available for new customers who are 21 plus, physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. All-Star Game next week. My favorite time of year, I've never shaken this. I love the all-star game. I love the quirkiness of it. I love players from other teams getting together. I, I, am the, I am the target audience. I am the one who turns on MLB Network from 2 to 7 on the day of the Home Run Derby and watches Harold Reynolds walk around the outfield talking to people with a microphone. And they rarely have anything interesting to say, and I still watch it. And my wife says, why isn't this on mute? Because... <laughs> Harold Reynolds, he's out there. He must, somebody might say something funny. J.D. Martinez might say something weird about Garrett Cole. Like, we got to listen. I'm sorry. We got to listen to it. It's a vestige of when I used to come home from college, take that day off. I'd just be sitting there eating cereal and chips and guacamole and, mm. and watching this. I am the target audience. I love the all-star stuff. The Yankees did not deserve more all-stars this year. <laughs> they're, they're not good. They're good enough to be hanging in the race. I can't, There is literally one person who should be on the all-star roster who isn't right now. Um, you could only get me up to three. That's as far as you could get me. Aaron Judge deserved the votes. Won't yep. be playing in the game. Garrett Cole deserved to be there, obviously. And you know what? He might just be the starter. He keeps being asked about it, saying, you know, I'll do whatever I'd obviously like to be. It's up to the coaches. And I was kind of writing it off for a while. I was like, there has to be a better pitcher in the American League. I don't know. It's 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 probably I saw today a comparison between him and Nathan Evaldi for the honor, which is pretty ironic. Um, cause Shane McClanahan is out. He's been removed. Uh, and it looked like he was going to maybe go back to back, but now Kerr Cole might be the front runner. He's never done it before. So maybe they let him do that. That could be fun. Um, kind of ridiculous that they don't have a bullpen all-star. They have the best bullpen ERA in baseball. We talked derisively about the bullpen back when they were blowing all this. Michael King was blowing those seventh inning leads. It's like, really best bullpen in baseball, but yeah, best bullpen in baseball. We're, we're approaching the break. It's still true. And Clay Holmes has been an all-star level closer this year. 
Um, Kenley Jansen has not been. He is in the area in the high to mid threes, three, six, five. Last I checked, he cool. got the Rangers down yesterday. So probably went down a little bit. That's not an all-star. That's not all-star level. Um, the Red Sox need an all-star. I get it. But Yoshida has been pretty great. Uh, Alex Verdugo, hate that guy, but he's been pretty great. And he's mad. He thinks he should be on the all-star team. He's mad at Julio Rodriguez made the team in his hometown of Seattle, hometown, current cool. place where he plays. But like, does anything surprise you more though that Alex Verdugo said wrong guy made it when the MLB obviously put the Seattle player on the team who's has more fans than Alex Verdugo. And he's like, it's a popularity contest. Yeah, it is. You should try yep. being uh, friendly and popular. Um, <laughs> Boston versus the world, bro. Never ends. I, I still know. I, I would have put him on there. I would have had him be the Red Sox rep. I would have left Kenley Jansen at home, and I would have put Clay Holmes on the team. Yeah. Uh, problem with relief pitchers, correct me if I'm wrong, usually that's the shoe-in for the teams that don't have actual good players. It's the easiest thing to yeah. do because the closers on the worst team in baseball have 25 saves. Yeah. <laughs> And hard to argue with outside of Jansen, hard to argue with Classe, Batista, and Cano. Um, those are probably the three best relievers in the AL. Although Classe has been pretty not Classe this year. No, not the, the last the couple, are, couple weeks. I believe he has the most blown saves of anyone with this many opportunities, which is kind of shocking. But yeah. um, he's, I, I, I don't think he needs to be there this year. And I definitely think Kenley Jansen should be gone. Yeah, Kenley Jansen. Not, Kenley Jansen isn't the best reliever on his own team. Chris Martin's been better than him. Um, Chris yeah. Martin's a dude an obnoxious interview where he's like, "Yeah, it's a popularity contest." You know, they took, yeah. the, big, they took the big famous closer, and then reporters are like, "You know, he's your teammate, though, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, I said what I said." Well, yeah, did Verdugo realize by saying it's a popularity contest, he was literally shading his own teammate because Kenley Jansen is one of the biggest names as a closer, and the Red Sox needed a representative. And what do you think happened? Popularity. Dodgers to ties to the Dodgers ties to the Braves two other gigantic fan bases. They're going to love seeing him there. The fucking conversations are going to be, you know, they're, they're all over Twitter. Who knows if he gets in the game, the, the discourse is going to be the discourse. So yes, you're right, Alex popularity contest, uh, be more popular. <laughs> I think we settled in the right place. Though. Look, yeah. I, I think Clay home should be on the team, but I'm not going to like go crazy. No. saying that the 2023 Yankees need more all-stars. I, I, I will say though, uh, a lot of people mad that they don't wear the team jerseys in the game anymore. I get that. I, yeah. I also think that they should do that. But at least this year's jerseys are good. They have been an abomination for a few years in a row now. 2019, they were sleeveless. Are you kidding me? Who's that for? Uh, 2020, no, Luke Floyd didn't. Yeah, should have made the team snubbed. Uh, 2020, no game. 2021, the game was moved from Atlanta to Colorado and MLB clearly was like, uh, I don't care. Just put whatever you want on the Jersey. I literally don't care. And they were like red and white striped with blue pants. It did not get worse than those. And last year they just colored the normal jerseys gold. They're like, you guys like this? The jerseys are just gold now. And everybody was kind of like, no, I mean, I'll buy it anyway. But this year <laughs> the Mariners jerseys, they are distinct. They are Seattle flavored teal and the blue look great the fabric is supposed to be innovative and i felt it and it was uh good shit sure. keep keep doing that um not gonna buy a judge or a cole um not gonna buy a clay holmes either but judge is not gonna be participating this is not the judge all-star jersey to get if you want one uh before we sign off and talk about jimmy cordero uh because we got to best bullpen uh -huh. in baseball lost a bullpen arm um 
someone who is in DFA territory anyway, which is kind of shocking. But when, when you have so many good arms, somebody laid out the case the other day where it, you're getting to the point where when you welcome people back, Lewisic is going to come back in the middle of the summer at some point. He is so valuable. It, when you bring him back in August, whether you bring him back in September, you're going to try to bring him back. That's not somebody who you're going to try to just say, all right, well, why don't you just go hang out at AAA? We got a good thing going here. <laughs> He's an improvement. So you're going to have to DFA Albert Abreu, who we said they should do that a couple of weeks ago. He's actually been very good for, for quite a while now. Uh, 3 one ERA, positive war on the year. He's the DFA-able guy, but it was him and Cordero. Or you could demote Ron Marinaccio, or you could demote Nick Ramirez, who, other than yesterday, has definitely earned a spot in the bullpen. He's been nails. Or you could demote Ian Hamilton, which, do you want to do that? Not not really. Uh, so Cordero is someone who had done his job, by and large, this year, but was in the crosshairs there a little bit. And then this comes out of nowhere. They're not going to share the details with us. The Yankees agree with the suspension. I think that's great. I have no commentary. I don't want the details. I don't need them. MLB determined it merited this rest of year suspension. We agree. Get him out of here. Um, the Yankees stood by Jimmy Cordero for two years while he rehabbed from Tommy John surgery with the in, in the interest of using him this year. They got 33-plus innings out of him. Great. Good move by the Yankees, uh, but more so Jimmy Cordero betraying his team's trust. They they waited this out, and then he violent, heinous act. We will never know the details. The policy encompasses more than just domestic violence. It's domestic violence, sexual assault, child abuse policy. You know, we don't know what it is, but no matter what it is, it's horrible. So uh, they have not acted and, and released Jimmy Cordero yet. I would love if they would do that. Uh, but at the very least, he's gone, deserved to be gone, and, and they're going to operate um, you know, from a position of strength with this bullpen for the rest of the year. I have no interest in thinking about him ever again. Yeah, uh, nobody needs our take on it. I would like a release because the Yankees have this unfortunate history with Errol Chapman, Domingo Herman. They know. They know if you wait long enough, then they'll just true. have a – a couple of people next year when Jimmy Cordero comes back will say, hey, wasn't didn't he get suspended last year? Yeah. But then they'll stop saying that, and then they oh, we need we absolutely need to ride this guy's right arm. The yeah. eighth guy in the bullpen. Thank God we have him back. Yeah, Jimmy Cordero. It's not, it's not like we print game. relievers. Yeah. Jimmy Cordero throws a perfect game, and then we're back to where we were with the Domingo Herman situation. <laughs> um, yeah, it'd be great if they just acted if, uh, on, uh, you know, with um, – some calculation of how they would be viewed in the public sphere. Someone gets suspended for this. Don't be the Astros and go and trade for Roberto Ozuna. Learn from your past mistakes because all this Chapman brought mostly bad PR and then declining play at the absolute worst time as you continue to stand by him. Um, Herman, you know, we we've had this conversation a million times. Don't think we need to rehash it, but yeah, if MLB made a determination that he needed to be out for the entire season, then that's that's it. That's all you need to know. Um, this is a newer policy. Um, they've learned from past mistakes and not, I guess, being as harsh with some people. Example, Marcelo Zuna, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And now they're laying down the hammer on anybody who violates this, it would seem, because it is the wrong policy to be linked to. Um, it's absolutely the worst policy to violate if you're a Major League Baseball player. So if MLB's ruling is good enough for that, 
the Yankees should just act and say, hello, we gave you it's it should be more. It's like you said, it's they should be personally insulted because they paid for him to rehab his Tommy John. They built him up through the minors and then they gave him a chance at the major league level. And then he essentially spit in their face. So at that point, just show people that you're not going to screw around. You're not going to give leeway to, to, to these types of individuals who you give a chance. They come in. They capitalize on it, and then it all goes to shit because they make bad personal decisions. So that's a message that needs to be sent. That's where I'll leave it. Yep, that's where we will leave it. Luis Severino gets a chance tonight. Could be his last shot, certainly his last shot before the break. Tomorrow night, I still can't believe it till it actually happens. I, I just refuse to say Carlos Rodon is starting because I guess he is, but like until he's like on the mound – wearing a Yankees uniform, not somebody else's uniform, and pitching baseballs in a game that count, I assume there could be a complicating factor. Just like tonight, I assume Harrison Bader is not playing. I was told yeah. that he, I was told that he is. I assume he's not. So when the lineup comes out and he's not there, then I don't have to go, what? No Bader. I just go, yeah, that makes sense. I was told he was and he isn't. His, his wrist is sore. Do your own um, uh, analysis, your own research, your own critical thinking, really. This is a podcast dedicated to doing your own research. Um, I guess uh, I guess Carlos Rodon is starting tomorrow. That's a uh, if that does happen, that is a huge benefit to the Yankees. He's not going to go more than four or so innings. Um, got up around seventy pitches last time out. He continues to complete these th- between three and four inning rehab stints. Um, I'm still more excited to see him throw four innings as long as he does get to the mound than I am to see Luis Severino throw three or four innings tonight, which is what we all know is going to happen. And they called up Davey Garcia today. Mm-hmm. Why? So that when Luis Severino gives up six earned and two plus, they could just throw a random guy out there and say, you're going to white flag us into the all-star break. I don't see any other reason for that to be the move. Yeah. And they know tomorrow Rodon's going to be on a pitch innings limit and they're going to need more of the bullpen for that. Luckily, they have Cole going Saturday and Herman, I guess, with the way he's been pitching, um, he'll have he's he's hopefully not going to put the bullpen in a bad spot. But the Yankees want to parlay as much of as much bullpen rest as they can right now with the all star break because they've overused a lot of guys in the first half. It's not going to help them in the second half. Now they got some starting pitching. Nestor should be back soonish. Yeah, um, remember him? Yeah, so you have Nestor Rodon back. That's really going to help the bullpen. But in the meantime, give these guys as much rest possible. And yeah, David Garcia, mop up guy. And uh, in terms of Luis Severino's last chance, I don't. Yeah, I mean, what do you do if he's untradeable? You can't keep trotting him out there. Do you bring him in a relief role? I don't think so because at this point, his stuff doesn't play for a relief role because. The velocity is not all that impressive or it's not as consistent. The mechanics seemingly have an issue. So, yeah, should have just never picked up this option. I'll die on that hill. Can't believe he's untradeable now. Last year, though, with that year and a half, could have happened, but you can't do it. Yep. Last season when he was actually good, I guess you could. You maybe should have. But uh, Schmidt's been great. Herman threw a perfect game just about a week ago uh, somebody's got to get out of this rotation when both uh, right now Rodon, if he does come back knocking on my wood desk slots into the weird little brito randy vasquez bullpen game spot uh but after that nestor's got to come back will he be a bulk guy in the bullpen for the rest of the year that's a weird one um but again that just leads to the more dfa-able like matt crook it's going to take some more injuries for him to get a shot in the bullpen this year because We've got Hamilton. We've got Ramirez. We got Abreu. We got uh, 
Clark Schmidt is a starter to me. I think at this point, it's going to be really hard. Yeah. It's going to be really hard to fit all these dudes in, but that's not our job. Luckily, our job is to talk about it. We'll keep doing that. We'll be back on Monday and shout out to Jeremy again. Uh, thanks for saying it's one of your favorite shows. Thanks for saying you look forward to the show. Uh, seems like we always have solid takes disagree. Our takes are bad, but we're funny. as hell. <laughs> I, think that we, uh, I think we are. So we appreciate you, Jeremy and viewers like you listeners like you, if you're listening on the audio feed, on all podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, we're on all of your preferred podcast listening stations. Make sure to like and subscribe. We're getting close to some pretty good milestones here. Keep those watch hours rolling. That's all we got to say. And we'll be able to bring you some, uh, maybe some nice gifts uh, from the YouTube gods, as long as you stick by us. Uh, DraftKings, again, the code is YanksGoYard. I am Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. Thomas Carinante, if the people wanted to find you, it sounds like they maybe were yelling at you about the Volpe thing in the off-season decisions article. Uh, if they want to find you, they should probably find you on either Twitter or threads, right, instead of email. <laughs> I just made a thread, so yeah. Threads um, is fun. I don't know. Yeah. Everybody get on threads here for the one week before we even really know what it is. Yeah. Um, you can find me at Tommy's underscore takes on Twitter. Um, you can find the both of us at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS um head on over to yanksgoyard.com we got all the content there for you trade deadline season coming up a lot of big decisions that need to be made over the next three weeks so we're going to be on top of all of that all-star break nice little reprieve before everything starts to hit the fan um thanks for tuning in thanks for commenting in here guys we appreciate the viewership and the readership and we'll talk to you again on monday enjoy your weekend Roderick Arias homered twice today in the FCL. Off Alec Manoa. Yeah, Alec Manoa is glad he's not down there anymore. <laughs> that is uh, six bombs on the year in the shortened season for Roderick Arias. Maybe he's good too. Maybe we've got another shortstop. See you Monday. Get you ready for the home run derby. I'll keep you posted on Harold Reynolds wandering around the field talking to people. And uh, see you next week, everybody. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.